Hello, and welcome to the Writers and Illustrators of the Future podcast. This is John Goodwin, your host. This podcast is dedicated to the aspiring writer and artist, and will provide inspiration and tips from top professionals in the field. If you've been listening to this podcast or are new to it, I thank you very much. I would also appreciate if you took a moment to follow it on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcasts. I also have to let you know that our latest volume of Elrond Hubbard Presents Writers of the Future is now available in bookstores throughout the U.S., Canada, the U.K., South Africa, and Australia, as well as through all major online retailers. It contains the 12 winning authors and 12 winning illustrators selected by some of your favorite names in science fiction and fantasy. You've heard me talking about it now for almost four years on this podcast, so you should know by now what I'm talking about. If you've not gotten it, get your copy. Today's guest is a repeat guest, Echo Chernik. She's, I'm not even going to be, be putting down her bio because she's got so much experience in every form and aspect of art. But specifically, what I'm covering tonight on this interview is she's the coordinating judge for the Illustrators of the Future contest. And I wanted to ask her, because I get asked this quite a bit, especially on social media, what does she look for? What makes for winning art? What makes for somebody to actually come into consideration and move up the ranks as an honorable mention and as a finalist and ultimately a winner of the contest? So, before we get into that, welcome Echo. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me on. Again, I, um, I love doing this podcast and it's really blown up since you started it. Yeah, so, great job. I'm really good. Thank you. So, yeah, this is what I want to do and we're for the next hour going to be covering a lot of the basics of art, but also what you look for as the coordinating judge and then also a bit what you do as, as an art director with the winners so that they can maintain their own sensibility about it, but you make sure that whatever their talents are that are the best possible chance for them to be able to win. So let's just do an overview, first of all, of what the contest means to you and what it means to illustration and what it has to offer because it is open to anybody and there's Oh yes, we get s- submissions from all over the world, from people of all different ages and we as the judges can't tell all we get is a number and the art we can't we don't know anything about the people that are submitting um where they're from or their backgrounds or anything like that we judge them purely on their art which makes it really awesome so every year we end up with a wide variety of winners from completely different countries and you know we have a, a high school senior this year and then we get some older people too and um so it's great it's a very fair awesome contest and i wish i knew about it when i was back in and college, um, because it really helps people get a, a jump start in their career. We, as the judges, all come down here to the workshop and work really hard to um, share all the knowledge. It's uh, taken us about thirty years to to gather, so that the, they have a uh, they have all that knowledge to start with right at the gate, and they don't have to spend all that time learning everything we did. Yeah, and we got some great judges you work with. I just, you know, I'm just amazed with the talent that 
represents itself with our judges. And a wide range of specialties, too. Uh, most of my illustration is in advertising illustration, but then we have Larry Elmore, who, who's more in fantasy, and Bob Eggleton also in fantasy. And then we have um, Craig Elliott, who's more of concept art, um, and B. Jackson, who has... Uh, um, does more publishing, and well, she's kind of just taking over the illustration world right now. So yeah. who knows what she's going to take? Dan over. Dos Santos. Dan Dos Santos. But everybody has different specialties and different backgrounds. Um, so when we get the winners in, some I always ask them, you know, what is it that you want to take home, so I can make sure that they pay special attention to, you know, the specialist in that field. Yeah, and we got. Sergey Poyerkov just arrived. Oops, Sergey from, just from, arrived from Ukraine. He had to go drive, I guess, to Poland to get a flight because all the airports in Ukraine are bombed out. So. Yeah, he had to drive to Warsaw in order to to catch a flight here, but uh, they got here safely, which is good. And yeah. he said the flight actually was really good, so that's good to hear. And he's probably great being out of the country, out of that whole zone there for <laughs> the first time in three years. I, I can't imagine. So yeah. Anyway, so. You became the coordinating judge three, four years ago? Four, five. Are we counting COVID or are we doing like COVID skip? It was no, before not, COVID, was, so, so uh, I think four, I think my five. first year here was 2017, and then I became the coordinating judge in 2018. 19. Okay, so that's five years. Five years, yes, five years. Oh, wow, amazing. Yeah, that's, that gets the year you bake me a cake. That's right. Isn't it? Yes. So I get it five years? Okay. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So what's, what's amazing about having you as our coordinating judge, is that you've also got a lot of experience in art direction. Yes. Well, I also work with a lot of art directors. I've worked with very good art directors and a little bit more challenging art directors. <laughs> so, um, you know, and, and part of my job as the coordinating judge is once the winners are chosen, they're assigned a story that one of the writers wrote, that one of the writer winners wrote, and they're to illustrate it. And uh, and believe it works really hard to make sure they get a story that matches their style, um, that's so that it's comfortable for them to do the best illustration they can. And as the art director, it's my job to guide them through and help them create the best illustration that they can, um, because that illustration is going to be entered as the grand prize. So it's really important right. that I try to make sure that each one is grand prize worthy. And yeah. uh, then it's then it gets sent over to the judges. Then they get chosen afterwards, which would, which is the grand prize. But um, yeah, all the judges vote on that. Yeah, all the judges. So everybody gives their opinion and selects. Right, but yeah. it's my job to try to make sure that each one is as strong yeah. as it can be. Yeah, and I'm some of the. Some of the winners have worked with art directors and some have not. So I try to be, you know, take all the good things I learned from working with good art directors yes. and give them guidance without, you know, uh, without frustrating them. So Yeah. And one thing, too, that you commented on a bit earlier is that what you like to do is, especially since this is the art they're submitting to potentially be the grand prize winner and get the $5,000 check and, and that recognition, is that... You take what they're doing and help them along with their idea, but don't set it up so that they, well, you misdirected me away from. Yes. I want to make sure that they are actually, you know, doing something in, in their style with to their strengths. And um, I want to make sure that uh, I don't want to ever 
any of the winners to be like, well, I didn't win because our direction was poor. So I do my best to make sure their direction mm -hmm. is, you know, guiding and nurturing. And I always tell them, you know, it'd be good if you did, you know, what do you think about doing this? And I give them reasons behind it. And a lot of times they're like, wow, I never even thought of that. That's, that's great. And then they end up kind of going more in that direction. And sometimes they go, no, I like it the way it is. And then, okay, well, we discussed it. So, yeah. you know. But I was I, real with Aaliyah Chen, how you... She had those the birds. Oh, the and birds. You worked out the the S, so it created that subliminal, mm -hmm. you know, mood line, which was 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 so uplifting. Yes, uh, the birds came out really, really well. Yeah. I was excited with that. Yeah, and she's a grand prize winner that year. Yep, yep. And every once in a while, I get someone who they they read the story and they they think they have to go in a direction that I want them to. Like they're like, oh, there's a lot of characters. I I I should do a character, and their background might be more in, you know, uh, there they might specialize more in skies or backgrounds. So I, I, every once in a while I have to say, well, you know, why don't we look at some of these other pieces? I think it would be stronger. And they go, oh, I thought I had to do something else. And, and then they feel com more comfortable. I want them to like their piece a lot and to be proud of it. So Yeah, that was the um, last year, the year before, there was that one story where he tried to do people, but then you said, no, do the... Yeah, last year. He, he did really, really great skyscapes and like monsters. Yeah. And he tried to do people and it was just... I mean, it was okay, but it wasn't grand prize winning. And I'm like, you know, so we looked at some of his other pieces that were um, of these awesome skylines. And I was like, let's, you know, let's do that instead. And, you know, he ended up with a really good piece. It was, yeah. it was really, really good. So yeah, It's great on that. So now as um, the coordinating judge, because I've done this interview with, I did it before with Dave Farland. And then when he passed, I did it with um, Jody Lynn Nye on What's looked for so that they have, you got the rules, and that's fine on the rules that's in on the website. But as a judge, what do you what do you look for? Because we're a market, you know. As a writer, people know you're writing to a market, so there's certain things that we just will not accept with stories. So with art illustration as the market for illustrators of the future, what is that market? If you can help define better that market, what what works and will not work. Okay. Well, the um, first off, how it works is that all of the entries are submitted and they all come to me first. And I go through them blindly. I don't know who did what. I just, I see all the entries. And I pick out um, my eight favorites for the finalists. And those are the ones for each quarter, this is each quarter, that are sent on to the judges and the judges pick the top three for that quarter. So I have to narrow them down. And sometimes it's really hard because there's some really good ones. Yeah. And um, that's why I tell people to make sure to submit every quarter because it might've been so close, but if there was like three people that did really great backgrounds, I might've chosen another. And sometimes I look at them and I go, please enter next quarter because you know I want to see you in. Because I don't know who's, you know, who's going to win or the judges are going to pick. Um, but I um, it, so doing that. It's it's my responsibility to, to kind of curate wh which ones are going to move on. And I always look for um, since it is an illustration contest. I always look for illustrations first, like uh, scenes that tell a story. I don't look so much at style because. I, being the illustrators of the future, I can't tell what the future is going to be. So I want to uh, send to the judges all different styles so that we end up with just a wide variety in the book so that yeah. it can define the future. So I, if, if, a you know, if a style is cohesive and the artist is good at it, even if it's not my favorite, I will still send it on to the judges because, you know, it might not be my taste, but, you know, it could be the judges and give it a fair shot. So I look for, you know, a cohesiveness of style 
it's like, you know, if you do black and white or you do um, paintings or watercolors or or uh, backgrounds or whatever, and you specialize and it looks like they all go together, that's that's definitely important. Uh, you know, ta- having talent and having um, good skills, that sort of comes together. Mm-hmm. And because you, you can, you can kind of tell when somebody has like the the raw skills to just get better. If you know, it's yeah. kind of present in there uh, if you know what to look for. So, um, but but overall, if I have to choose between like a couple pieces that I get in, and I have to pick, I only have slot left for one of them. I'm going to pick the one that's the illustration. So if um, so if I get pieces in, and it's like, wow, this is a great portrait and a great picture of some plants and stuff. But this guy has an illustration. It, it's it's you know it's got. Some uh, it's not like 100 percent perfect, but it is telling a dynamic story, and it's you know it's pretty cool. I'm going to go for the illustration because ultimately it is an illustration contest, and you know, and the 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 goal is to have them improve and get better, and you know, just really blossom. And we've had some really great people yeah. that have won and just gone on to have great careers. Exactly. So now, because it's illustrated the future, rise the future. Does the art have to have some element of science fiction or fantasy? Um, it doesn't have to per se. I don't kick, I don't like exclude them if they don't. It's better if they do because they'll have better luck, you know, getting it. But I've, I've let some people buy that have had, um, it's like an edit, there was an editorial style and there was like a, a style from, I forget where it was, Iran, I think. And there was like a very kind of cool, I don't know, folksy sort of style, but it was really developed. And I'm like, all right, that could be really cool. And so I think he came, he went, ended up um, winning, but he wasn't able to come to the, uh, to the workshop or anything. Uh, but um, so not necessarily, but again, if they do have science fiction aspects to, uh, to it, they're more likely to be chosen if it comes down to choosing between right. a couple, just because it, it fits, it aligns better. So Good. And that's one thing that I personally really like is since you've come on board, the diversity of types of art that I see in the winners. Yeah. You know, there's a wide variety. You look at them, you're like, whoa, this is like, obviously like, it's a, 12, you know, a bunch of different artists. It's not just one right. style over and over again. So I think that's really important because we're, you know, creating the future and you have to put everything, you know, out there to see what yeah. the future's going to bring. You know, one Iranian artist I mean, his was just so different. It was very obvious Middle Eastern art. It was cool. <laughs> yeah, and then we had our winner, from Max um, Kevun from mm-hmm. Turkey. Yep, yep. Yeah, you know, love her stuff. Oh, yeah. She's, she's awesome. And then we had whoever won this year. She's not able to make it for Romania. Her style is different. We've got the two winners from Costa Rica, two different styles, but it's very definitely not what I normally see in classic, you know, American right. art. Right. I just I so love this. I get a lot of um, anime style uh, submissions too, but um, sometimes if they have original characters or OCs and they like it looks like they're developing their own style, if they they look good. But if it's just like a copy of characters that are out there, they usually don't send them through. So um, if you're going to do anything in that style, make sure it's your own work and it's telling a story. It can be in it. Anime style, but it's got to be telling a story um, in order to really get through. Good. So it's no copycat, no like. Yeah, not characters. Try not to copy characters that are out there. I mean, that's okay for practice because that's that. It's fine to copy things to to practice, but uh, um, for the contest, it should be original stories, even if it's you know in in more of the anime style. Because we had some that have leaned that way because mm-hmm. they're really good, but they're capable of doing stories that aren't dependent on 
existing characters, which is important. Right. So is there anything for you that's an automatic turnoff? Things that will automatically disqualify a part like it's graphic body parts or graphic sex or anything like that? That's... Well, plagiarizing, first of all. Okay, good. <laughs> Sending other people's work in, that's a big no-no. Yeah. Um, Graphic stuff, um, hate stuff, any of the stuff you'd expect that's already, I think, in the rules. If it, ever, you know, I don't get a lot of stuff with negative uh, vibes and emotions to it, but you know, anything too violent or unless it tells a story, if it's just you know violent or hateful, like yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it's not what we were going for. Yeah, it's yeah. not our market. So, <clears throat> okay, so now on. Um, I'm an illustrator. I'm kind of shy. <laughs> really? I didn't even know you were an illustrator. You'd never told me this. And, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to send it in, but, you know, I don't want to send it in because I don't want to get my feelings hurt. I don't want to get, you know, bashed. So. You can hear me whispering to you, send it in anyway. It's okay. Even if you don't get in, it doesn't mean you're a bad artist. It just just send it in. What's it going to hurt? And then send it in the next quarter. You're, not, I, you're never going to get a letter back that says, wow, your stuff is really awful. I mean, <laughs> you know, because it's always a, a road and a progression, and you're somewhere on that road, and so just keep working at it. Um, send in three pieces, because sometimes if I get one or two, you know, I just – push those out because I can't see your body of work. So make sure you send three pieces. Um, and, you know, even if you don't make it a, a finalist the first year, I try to give an honorable mention or a, um, a semifinalist. So that, that way you can see, hey, you know, okay. It give you a little bit of hope to, you know, keep going. Yeah. That way, you know, hey, you know, I, I, you were, you're impressive. So but as long as you, as you love it and you just keep, working on it and just keep submitting every quarter. It doesn't cost any money. So, you know, and no one's going to laugh at it or, yeah, you know, anything. Yeah, so. Definitely not. It's interesting. Craig Elliott, one of our judges, he's an amazingly brilliant artist. And I think he, oh, he was art director for Netflix and now he's gone back to Disney. He's just, he got. He's just awesome. Yeah. He's known about, he had known about the contest since it began, the Illustrated the Future contest. He never entered what? because he didn't think he was good enough. Yeah. I did a podcast Artists are good about that. Artists, we, artists yes, are very good this. about yeah. not feeling like we're good enough or not worthy enough. So you don't know until you put your stuff out there. And even when people tell you that it's good enough, artists tend to go, well, I mean, this they, is the guy that comes not. up with all the stuff on Mulan and all these major movies. That's his create – he didn't think he was good enough to submit to the Illustrators of the Feature contest. I'm just he is that blew super me away. humble, super humble. Most of the artists I know that are really good are just like super humble, like oh I don't know, you know, yeah, I don't know if I would have gotten in if I'd entered, you know, I don't know if I'm that good. So you you can't really you know you can't tell. Just enter, just show people because if you unless you show people and if they're and if they they say bad things about your art, well. Heck with them. That, that, that's, not, that's not worth anything, so don't yeah. let it bother you. Just move on to the next person. Because anybody who says mean things is just trying to make themselves feel better. Yeah. One thing that's, that is important if you're listening to this is that the Illustrated Future and Rise of the Future, for the matter, too, is a community. And it's a community that wants to help the fellow writers and fellow illustrators. And if you join, like, the forum or connect up with anybody connected with either contests— 
you're going to find like-minded individuals that want to support you, mm-hmm. you know? And it doesn't matter that you are a beginning, an intermediate, or advanced artist. It's that you want to do this stuff because the only way you can become an advanced artist is if you hit the stage of an intermediate, and you can't be an intermediate unless you were at one point a beginner. And you can start that any time in your life. It's going to take about the same amount of time no matter when you start it. So you might be in high school, or you might have just been like, okay, the kids are off to college. It's time for me to, like, I really always wanted to be an illustrator. So, you know, we've had some winners like that, too, that finally got the time in their life that they can dedicate to it. So just, you know. Yeah, we've had winners that were in their 70s. Uh-huh. And we've had, like, we had one this, this year that's a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, we have no idea about you as an artist. All we have is your art. And I've never seen anybody be mean to anyone else. I had nothing but encouraging, no. you know? That's, and you can pretty much reach out to any of the judges if, you know, it, everybody's involved with this contest because. They love it. It's just such a positive thing for people whose careers are are um, starting and who really want to have a career in illustration. Yeah, when when the contest was originally started by Owen Hubbard in '83, it was just a writing contest, and we hired professional artists to illustrate some of the stories. About four years later into it, the the concept of an art contest, illustration contest, began. Frank Kelly Fries was the original coordinating judge for the mm-hmm. illustrator's contest. And with, with Mr. Hubbard's, like, this was from his essay from the very first book, a culture is as rich and as capable of surviving as it has imaginative artists. And so it's very much part of, of what's trying to be accomplished here is to provide for some sanity into our future it's, there's so much craziness happening right now that even makes it all the more important such a contest to to make it possible for the arts to survive. Um, there's there's so much more, you know. There's been the attacking of, you know, and whittling away and chiseling out the, you know, the arts, the fine arts. You don't see it in school budgets anymore. Yeah. You haven't seen it for a while. Um, you don't have all these extra summer classes you used to have to be able to help out in the arts and ceramics and stuff like that. It just gets harder and harder. So to have something like this that anybody can enter, it's free, it's open. And honestly, even the act of entering, you should congratulate yourself on and be like, hey, I entered. All right. Even if, you know, you don't hear back that quarter, yet just be like, yes, I entered. So, I mean, yeah. that's, you know, that's, you know, a good, it's a good goal because you can give yourself a goal. I'm going to do some new pieces for each, each quarter and I'm just going to enter them and eventually one day I'm going to win. So. Yeah. I mean, it's not so much on the art side, although there are people who have to go through repeated, repeated entries to, before they actually win. But sometimes in, with the writer contests, they'll be entering for 10, 20 years before they finally win. They just mm-hmm. keep on working up. And maybe it's a good story, but it's not quite the right story for our market. So they need to learn that too. Yeah. And so, you know, on the illustrate, it might be something, like you said, it's maybe it's nice art, but it's not illustration. So they get bumped out because something that somebody's actually illustrated. I need to look and I need to be like, can you know their art's awesome? I had one this last quarter that came through, and I was, and, and it was 
awesome. It looked great. But honestly, I didn't, I couldn't see it, you know, being a strong illustration. It was like this really great mood feeling of pieces, but they were all very moody and they wouldn't make a strong illustration. And so ultimately they, I didn't end up choosing them. However, they're still pretty impressive. So I, I think I gave them a semi-finalist or an honorable mention yeah. um, because they were awesome, but they weren't, they wouldn't have, I know, I, looking at them as an art director, I was like, yeah, this is not going to make the greatest illustration probably, but they're really great pieces. So. Yeah, yeah. So on the subject of illustration, because, I mean, myself not being an artist or an illustrator. You just told me you were an illustrator. I was pretending. <laughs> All right, go ahead. My mom, my mom saved a, my first illustration that I did when I was a little kid. I won't describe what it is right now, but it was... Refrigerator quality material? Not even. <laughs> it was It was not good. <laughs> but anyway, it, it's proof that I'm glad that I went in the direction that I did. <laughs> but, so if somebody wants to get started off, and they're, they're, conce- they're considering having a career as an artist. They want to, they love the idea, they love creativity, they have some talent, some aptitude in the area of art, whether it be with a pencil or charcoal or watercolor or uh, learning Photoshop, whatever it is, what would you recommend to help encourage them and to, I guess, it coach them along? It's like if you've got someone who's, you wouldn't give somebody a guitar and expect them in the next week or so be ready to play in a rock band. You know, you wouldn't give somebody a violin and say, okay, now let's put you in the orchestra. You need to... All the artists that I know that are professional artists, we just love it. It's just, it's not really an option. We're just drawn to doing it all the time. And and um, you just keep following that passion. Keep, uh, like, keep drawing. Drawing is the number one important thing because um, it doesn't matter what media you're in. You can learn different medias, but, you know, you need to, to learn how to draw and that basic... Um, structure behind it. Talent is uh, really just the ability to just sort of put these things together because, um, you know, you just, um, I don't know, you have a keener eye for for color or for um, composition than other people. But even people that aren't super talented can still learn it. It's just, you know, it's a little bit harder. So I've known people in both ways. But if you love it and you're just going to keep working on it, then eventually you will succeed at it as long as you keep working on it. Yeah. Just keep working towards it and don't let anybody talk you out of it. I think that's a really important thing that people don't give enough credit to because sometimes the people that are connected to them are so busy invalidating mm, yes. the artist that they can't see the sky for all the gloom that's just clustered around them. Don't, yeah, don't, don't listen to, they, too much on the internet. I mean, because people, a lot of people like to put people's art down just to make themselves feel better. And they just are jerks for no reason other than just because they want to feel better. So a lot of people are like, oh, I posted it. I posted my piece up and nobody liked it. Or somebody who said bad things. Don't, just don't put any stock in what people say on the internet. Just, you know, just do your art, find comfortable forums that aren't mean and, and work with other artists. So yeah, just keep, just, you just have to keep doing it. Yeah. Really. On the Writers and Illustrators of the Future Forum, we have a policy. If someone comes in and, and is negative once they're given a warning, if they're negative a second time, they're booted. 
I didn't even know about that policy. I've just never seen anyone be negative, really. Yeah, we've had a few people get get booted. Yeah, but we're very. It's very when people are welcomed to the forum and say, "Okay, good, welcome to the forum. Here's the guidelines." Yeah, you know. So we're just not into. If you want to put yourself in some place where you're going to set yourself up to being attacked and hated and stuff like that, there's a lot of places. The you, place. There's a lot of places you can go. The Rise of Future Forum is not one of them. No, I mean, when you the rules, there are rules for critiquing artwork that you know you that we learn in art school that some people don't know. And when you when you look at a piece of art, you're always supposed to say something positive about it first. You know, and if you don't know what else to say because you don't know what it is, you're just like, well, that's interesting. Tell me about it because you know I'm not sure what it is or if it's right side up, but tell me about it. Trying to learn more about it, you always say something positive about it. You never say, oh, well, that's kind of. Drab, you know, you just you always start off with, wow, what a, you know, that I love the the palette. It's very moody. You know, what's what's going on here, and you know, let them talk a little bit about it. So you always start off positive, and then um, hear what they have to say, and then if there's any constructive criticism, you can kind of work into that, but um, but never anything too negative. Yeah. So so on getting back to myself as that aspiring artist, that's very <laughs> shy and timid. Okay. All right. Back into that again. Yeah, back, back into pretending. We're Got back it. to that. So, um, but I do have a a brother that's pretty. He likes my stuff, and he thinks I should do something. But I just don't feel good about it. So, what if I'm that brother? Should I help? You should encourage them to enter the contest. Because what's the worst that can happen? They're they're going to, no matter what, you're going to email saying, thank you for entering. Yeah. Please submit again. That's the worst that will happen. That was the worst that'll happen. They're not going to, no one's going to laugh at, I don't laugh at anything that comes across. I don't go, oh my goodness, why did this person enter? You know, I'm like, yeah, go again, you know, enter again. You can see, because every, you know, man, I have, I looked, actually recently found a trunk of my really, really old work from like high school. And I went through it with my daughters and I was like, oh, oh, well, that's really good. Oh, what was this? Ooh, I don't know. You know, it's kind of like. <laughs> kind of scary looking back, but uh, but everybody has to start somewhere. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you don't get good until you've been just continuously doing it. And then you talk to other artists and you're like, wow, I love your technique. How do you do that? And then you learn how they do it. And then you kind of practice it. And then you get better. And, you know, you've, it's it's a journey. Yeah. And it's, I mean, you've you made that comment about I wish it was around when you were starting. Bob Eggleton was the same way. There's a few, several of our judges that I wish it was around when I was starting. Mm-hmm. Because it's hard to actually get the validation and recognition sometimes, you know, that, that hey, that's good. Keep on going. Keep doing it. You're, you've got what it takes. And so many of the winners, when they come up on stage and do their acceptance speeches, you know, there's a lot of some, they're crying just because they never thought they had enough, that they were yeah. good enough. And then here they finally get recognized and all these, their peers are out there cheering them on. It's a real... An amazing experience. It's great. And people, you know, they don't trust what their family says a lot of times because their family's like, you're wonderful. You're the best. I'm like, well, I don't know. I trust it. You have to say that because you're my mom or whatever. Yeah. So, but, you know, the forums and stuff and working with the other artists, when they say it, you know, it feels a lot, a lot better. So. Exactly. Now, does it help sometimes just to go out and see what's out there? Like one thing for the writers, we tell them, if you know how good you have to be, read the book. You know, that way, that's where you can see how good you have to be as an author to win the contest. But it would seem like also 
It's good to see other other artists and study art styles. Don't let it intimidate you. Don't be like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be that good. Because, you know, don't. there's a lot of art on the internet. I mean, even I get intimidated. I go on the internet. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many good people. And my husband reminds me, he's like, all right, you remember how many people there are in the world? How many billion of people? He's like, you're looking at like a hundred really awesome people out of the whole world. So you got to, you know, the internet makes it really, really small. So don't get overwhelmed when you look in, at those hundred people and you think I'm never going to be one of those because there's a billion people you're already better than, you know? Yeah. So just uh, don't, you know, just don't, yeah, just don't get discouraged. That's the biggest. You respect pitfall. the fact that you're one of those hundred people, but anyway, well, yeah, well, you know, yeah. but it's it's easy to get discouraged. I think that's the biggest pitfall is people just they look at other people and they go, I can't do that. I can't. Do that. I just can't. And then they get discouraged and they just give up. Don't give up. Just if you want it hard enough, just keep doing it. You know, just keep drawing yeah. and and keep uh, going to classes. Or there's so many great online classes and online schools uh, nowadays and. Um, I mean, Dan Dos Santos is going to be here this weekend, but he, he teaches the, uh, you know, a big curriculum that's awesome. And there's like all these great uh, art schools online you can mm-hmm. go to and learn from. Because we've had several of our winners over the years that are self-taught. They just go mm-hmm. to YouTube, do the videos, practice. They, they, you know, a couple of the of the winners have like, for my birthday, I want to get an iPad, you know, with mm-hmm. with. And just practicing that and just start working it and getting themselves better yeah. and better and better. And You can do it being self-taught. I mean, you know, art school, I went to art school and that is good too because then it's, it's an experience. But if you go to art school and you don't put anything into it, you're not going to get anything out of it. Just like if you, you know, or have your, your iPad and you don't bother drawing on it or whatever, you're not going to get anything out of it. So it's whatever you put into it that you're going to yeah. get out of it. So, But just don't be around people that are going to make nothing of your trying to become an artist if that's what your goal is. Yeah, don't 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 waste your time with them. Don't go be around people that are encouraging. And most of the artists I know are encouraging. Go to Artist Alley at a local convention and talk to the artists and ask them, hey, can I show you my stuff? And a lot of times they'll they'll be happy to look at it. You'd be surprised how nice most of the artists are. Yeah. So I think that's really important is just associate with other like-minded individuals and you don't need the soul suckers, you know. They're not there to help you. They're there to, they themselves maybe feel the artists or they just can't deal with aesthetics or art and they're going to make sure that nobody else does either, you know. So you just don't need them in your environment. And if you're unfortunate to be hooked to somebody by the hip because you're married or relative or something like that, then I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and... um uh, work on the style or whatever excites you because don't don't try to like find what's in in style or what's in fashion. I mean, do what excites you and create your own style and then submit that. Don't try to like be like, well, this this art illustrator is really popular. I'll copy that style. You know, do do your own style and that'll yeah. come around. I mean, I did Art Nouveau way before Art Nouveau came back into style. I was just like, I'm just gonna keep doing this until it comes back into style, and eventually it did. Yeah. So um, yeah, just just do your your own style. Now that brings up one point too, because one of the we have we have the art book that we use that we give to all the different students, all the winners, uh, which has all these essays from yeah, Ellen that's Hubbard. a great book. Yeah, and there, there's one essay which comes up repeatedly when I when I interview people years later, even writers that they love the essay on art more about, which talks about art as a quality of communication. Oh yeah, and 
no matter what your style is of art, it's the quality of communication you're trying. What's the communication you're trying to get across? And maybe it's the technique that you're using, but any any style of art can communicate if it's done well enough. Absolutely. Yeah, it can be simple. It can be complicated. It can be realistic. It can be, you know, more like st- uh, stick figures or, you know, even That's like me. Keith Haring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as you. <laughs> you were the stick figures you did. Yes. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're rocking the stick figures. Yes. But that's, you know, but as long as it, it, it gets support, gets across what you're trying to communicate, that's, um, that's what's important. We were yeah. talking about that in the workshop today, about communicating with art. And art's like all around you. A lot of times people don't realize um, that when they go to the bank to get money out, the little animation that's on the screen is done by an artist. They use their interface stuff. And, you know, when they go pick out a tea, they pick out a pretty tea box. They don't even occur to them that an illustrator illustrated the tea box. Or, the name of Vekulturnik. Yeah, well, I, I did the green teas, yeah. But, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it doesn't even occur to them. I've had people come up to me and be like, oh, you did the green tea illustrations. I didn't realize somebody actually made those. And then you just see that kind of go through their head. And they're like, that does not make any sense at all <laughs> because, of course, somebody made it. So, um, but, uh, but, yeah, so there's so many different fields you can get into in art. You don't have to be a freelance illustrator. You can be a staff artist or a graphic designer. And you might switch and change around. You know, it's kind of a fluid path. Yeah. Now, one thing that's been happening of late, and it's in the news considerably, and we talked about briefly over, over dinner, is the subject of artificial intelligence, AI art. So, which sounds like it would fit well with the future with illustrators of the future, but it doesn't. It doesn't. No, it, not yet. Anyway, it, it doesn't. It's it's a difficult subject because the problem is it's trained to literally like disassemble other people's art and then reassemble it mathematically into something from the prompts. Uh, so it actually needs artists to make art that it can steal before it can make art. And yes, that is different than artists being influenced by other artists because our brains, we process things different than a computer does. Like we see other artists and that, you know, that go, we go to a museum and look at paintings and we process that and that we put that influence into our work. And it, but it's not the same way an AI does it. An AI literally has like a algorithm, how it pulls it apart and then like weaves it back together. And sometimes you can see the artist's name like kind of swirled in there because it's been like rewoven and so i don't think it's right there yet it's no but the thing on it too is illustrates the future we changed the rules we had we added rules this this year in the new in the new volume that we don't accept ai art and we discussed this also before putting in that that rule Mm -hmm. that if someone does do it and there's a question about it that we would ask for to see the layer files because if you're doing chat GPT or whatever type of, of um, what's the other one that's really common that the AI? Oh, I don't even know. Um, uh, there, there's another one that's mid journey, mid journey. Yes. Mid-journey, yeah. Um, that you get one final thing. There's no layered files to show how it's being built. And there's, there's other problems with it. But the main thing is that we can't, copyright a book no you can't copyright it currently because it's not it's already been, it's already been challenged a couple times i know last year or maybe it was way earlier this year there was a book that was copyrighted and then it, the copyright was rescinded when they the um uh, copyrights office looked at it and said no no it's because it's not 
it's just just what you said it was. It's taking other people's art, disassembling it, reassembling it. So it's not original creation. It's, and it devalues artists. It really does because it's a lot of work to to come up with things and to be inspired and to learn all this and then, you know, to have someone push a few buttons. And that was uh, the problem when digital art first came out because I do a lot of work digital. I also do oil painting and also do drawings, but people seem to think it was like, oh, just push a button and it makes art. And I'm like, no, it's not any easier than painting. It, it really, I still have to do all of the work and it takes just as long. Um, but now with AI, you can push a button, but it's not really, it's kind of an illusion. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's an illusion really. That's the best way. And I've heard the people that use that, and I've talked to them, and they really try to extol the virtues of AR, and I just, I just don't see it. To me, it's like music versus music. You know, the, what you hear in the elevator is just the, the background noise that you'll hear that's, yeah. you know, to me, it's more like that. It's a neat trick, but it's not. Mm-mm. I don't think it is. And it, the illustrator of the future is an illustrator is a person, mm-hmm. you know, and we don't really care anything about the person other than the fact that they can create. So we've got people from all ethnicities, all countries. We have no requirements about age or sex or religion or nationality, anything. It's just, can they do good pictures? And they grow and change in ways that AI can't because, yeah. you know, everything a person sees, all new, the new art and the new artists they talk to and everything that influences them makes them into a, you know, grows them along their path. And that's, it's, uh, it's different. So it is a sticky, highly debated subject. Yeah. Of, you know, unfortunately, it's kind of a little scary, but. Uh, well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of wannabes that see a, a quick route to being an artist because I've seen I've talked to people that, you know, they can't illustrate, they can't draw pictures, but they can give it prompts. And all of a sudden, look at this cover I got. You know, okay, that don't impress me much. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't. I'm, same thing for like, and it, it's, it's not so much an issue yet for writers, but it's getting there. It's going to be. Yeah, definitely. You know? It's going to be. So, but there's not the person. Maybe at some point down the road there'll be the personality as well. Maybe Hal will be will finally materialize, you know, um, from 2001: Space Odyssey. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And then kick all the humans out. But with the storytelling, it's 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 very. Um, there's no personality to it, and because when I was speaking with with Bruce Bernice earlier on an interview. He comes with his ideas. He travels a lot. So he gets different ideas and concepts from, goes in the Middle East and he goes to Africa and he goes to China and he sees what things are there and gets the ideas. And then, so then he puts it together in his own mind, how he wants to communicate that in the art Mm -hmm. that he creates. That's an artist. And I work with models and I, I like, like, People models, not 3D yeah. models, and um, end up coming up with things and putting them together. And you know, people look at my work sometimes. They're like, "Those those photographs?" I'm like, "No, they're paintings." But um, but I work get to work with the model, and together we kind of you know create something really cool yeah. and neat. So you do really cool stuff. Um, when the movies came, you know, you had people read books, and movies came out. Oh, that's the end of that's the end of books. But it wasn't. And then you had. No, you had theater, and then you had movies, then you had television, 
and then television got more and more, and each one was going to was marking the, the end of demise of the previous oh, yeah. incarnation. Them talkies, they're gonna yeah. come in and ruin everything. Yeah, but I was in New York recently, and Broadway and off Broadway, it was just packed. You know, theater, live theater mm-hmm. is it's huge. Record it's players a, are back in. You know, yeah. people buy collect records again. You know, yeah. like, what you know, whatever think would go back to that. Yeah, so. You know, the, the quality of sound is so much richer, you know, with, you know, playing a record rather than the, uh, the digital sound. And so you get people, you know, they, they get their, their tastes. But the idea that, that the um, AI art is going to be the demise of, of you know, with some people, you know, at least, let me correct that, uh, not people, media. Because mm-hmm. um, they, they don't necessarily always qualify as people, you know. <laughs> Because they have their own special thing, which is take something and make it as bad and as scary as possible so they can sell more copies. Mm. Um, but the whole thing with, with what you know, we're trying to, to do with this contest is to validate and to recognize future talent. You know, These are the illustrators of the future. These are the people that are going to be, you're going to be seeing them designing the sets and coming up with the creativity and AR, AI art looks really fancy. Don't let it intimidate you because you look at it and you're like, oh, wow, I can never do as good as this AI stuff, you know. But that's it, just, I don't think it's going to, it's going to just be a flash in the pan or I think hopefully, and, you know, because people really like, they're, they're, and entranced by artists. They always have been. I mean, how can you create that? That's like amazing. And so artists have always kind of gone beyond those cultural boundaries and been invited to the parties and you know they're just you know artists are always interesting to people so hopefully that that you know that will still remain i think i mean i definitely think it will just based upon the past just seeing what's happened with other trends and how it never did result in the demise of the original art form Mm -hmm. you know sometimes things will will mold but you still find sculpture you still find, you know, oil painting. You still find, you know, all the different, you know, charcoal, all types of stuff in, in terms of, of art. Um, even the, the various printing procedures that were done over the ages, people will still do that. Oh, they'll still do that. And even people that aren't artistic, though, like to be involved through, like, Patreon and other things. They're like, you know, when they get to go on and, and be involved with an artist, they're like, hey, I contributed to making cool stuff with an artist. And and that's that's awesome. We rely on that. We love that, you know, because, yeah. I don't know, you have to be encouraged. You need that encouraging crowd. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So I don't so, think it's going to have a demise. I hope not. Anyway, that would be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I can't really see that it would be because there's – as long as you got creativity and creative people and people that want to be able to create, you're going to have creation. I think there'll be more a turn towards original art. People will start to appreciate, you know, like paintings more rather than digitally created art. Yeah. So I've been turning to doing more. I've always liked black and whites. So I've been turning more towards like doing pen and ink and originals and stuff again because I think people will be like, oh, well, you know, they get tired of the shininess and they'll go more towards the actually hand created stuff. So yeah. that's what I, that's where I think it'll go. 
Yeah, it's it's funny. And there was a movie that I saw many years ago, Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, I love that movie. I love that oh, one too. My Retavia, if I were a rich man. If I were a rich man. But don't make me start his, singing. I, his, I don't sing well. His son-in-law um, <laughs> was talking about he was he was the he made all the clothes in the yeah. town, and he was always making them by hand. And it was so funny. We said that he finally got the, a sewing machine. We finally got a sewing machine in town. No longer will we have to have hand-sewn clothing, you know? And you look at it and go like, yeah, exactly. We've gone full circle, and now the most valued clothing, the most expensive clothing, clothing is hand-sewed. Is hand-sewn, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I think all these different things where something's going to like, okay, that's the end of this, it isn't. You know, it's, I think that, those that want to be able to scare and and like dissuade artists, yeah, don't get into it. You know the AI is going to take over. Your your job's not needed anymore. And don't listen to those them. are naysayers. And that, if it wasn't that, they'd find something else to to yeah. try to dissuade yeah. you. Yeah, and artists, when do you have the skills? You can work in any medium. I'm like I said, I work a lot digitally, but. You know, I'm not limited to digital because, you know, learn how to draw, learn how to paint, and then you can work digitally, you can work traditionally, you can make really great art with a stick in the mud. You know, you can, once you know how to create, you can create with pretty much anything. So. Yeah. Yeah. So now getting back, we're down to our last 10 minutes here. Already? On, so for the Illustrates of the Future contest, let's just recap it. So as a coordinating judge, just one more time here, just what you look for and cautionary tales like that you have and then just um tips so there you go um oh i look for send in three pieces first of all because right. sometimes if you only have two in or one and it's a toss-up I, I always look for three because it shows more consistency so a consistency of style is good i'm definitely telling a story um telling some sort of story of something going on um, because it is an illustration contest. Uh, science fiction or, or fantasy is, is ideal, but, you know, I mean, if you're telling me a story and even if it looks like a folk tale or something, that doesn't mean an automatic no. Uh, I can do it in, in your style, the style that excites you because, believe it or not, that passion that you put into it because you're excited in working that style will come through and you can see that. You can see it much clearer when you know you can see you can see when somebody's excited about working on something rather than when somebody's working on something that they think is the style that I want to see or that someone wants to see and they're like oh I thought I think it should be like this but I wasn't really excited by it you can tell that they weren't so just you know do what excites you and then um, and just keep keep entering don't and don't let anyone discourage you that's the biggest the biggest thing just keep doing it so um, if you do it long enough I mean you know keep throwing things at the waste paper basket log. If you'll get one of them in, you know, that was probably a bad analogy, but <laughs> throw darts at the dartboard, you're going to hit eventually. So no, just keep just keep doing it. You get better. The more you, even the more you practice, even if you're just like, your goal is to do three pieces each quarter just to get better, you're going to get better. I mean, that's the worst that's going to happen. Yeah. So now on this, um, one thing we've not talked about is like your personal history, you know, how you you started. So if you can just run us through, you know, your own story of how you became an artist, what you went through, some of your 
trials and tribulations. Wait, I thought you, you said we you, only had 10 minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so give me the... Uh, <laughs> the the abridged version. The abridged version, oh, I'll yes. try. Yes. Um, so uh, I've always known I wanted to, to be an artist. I um, went to uh, I went to Pratt for illustration in uh, Brooklyn, um, and then I started off in... I, I, knew, I knew in Pratt that I wanted... This was back in 95, uh, 94. And I, I knew I wanted to be an illustrator right out of the gate. And so senior year, I started studying all the different forms of black and white because all of the role-playing books were in black and white. And I thought that would be a good field to at least get into. So a lot of my early work is in uh, role-playing industry. And then I got hired by Trek Bicycles for my first um, Art Nouveau poster. Um, and then from there, it just took off, and I got more and more advertising work, and I didn't... That's a beautiful illustration. Yeah. That poster was so cool. We, well, I mean, in back then, we didn't have the same resources there are now with the internet and everything. It was, you know, a lot more word of mouth and advertising through mailings and, and things. So um, it's it's different nowadays, but, you know, not better, not worse, just different. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, yeah, from so from there, I started doing more and more advertising work, and then I got my stuff on the cover of Create Magazine, and I was, like, perpetually behind for about five years. Um, and then um, when the kids were little, we decided to start. I wanted to travel with them, so we did uh, comic book shows uh, during the summer so we could go and travel and see other artists, and, and that led to a whole bunch of other new work. And now I have a gallery in Fairhaven, Washington, and a Patreon where I do my uh, my own pieces that I want to do. And I still do commercial work because I just, I don't think I'll ever not do commercial work. I just like the puzzle, the challenge behind each new assignment. I mean, you've so. done professional work for so many companies. Yeah, like uh, Miller, Camel, Coors, NASCAR, Trek, Celestial Seasonings, Jose Cuervo, De Kuiper, The Post Office, The Military, uh, Random House, Penguin, uh, pretty much everybody. I mean, it's easier to list the stuff I haven't done for. I've done Disney, Mattel, uh, Playgirl, I mean, kind of the, like the gamut. So, uh, which is kind of which has been really fun. You learn a lot. So, I, and I, I personally believe to be a successful freelance illustrator, you have to kind of have several things going on because the industry changes. I mean, you, there's more of a demand sometimes, and it's a lot of the stuff we talk about during the workshop when we come down. Yeah, how to stay, um, to how to stay busy and successful and everything, and. Yeah, you just got to kind of keep doing new things. So right now I'm doing the Patreon and I'm illustrating um, Maya by Richard Adams, who was the author of Watership Down. Um, so wow. that's pretty exciting. So it's a lot of fun. You did those playing cards also for Pat Rothfuss. Yeah, I did those a couple of years ago for Pat Rothfuss. Those came out really well. That was a lot of fun, um, doing collaborations with other authors and everything. So, yeah, it's always new things to do. Yeah. So, so now um, when our last – that was – that definitely was like the, the quick version that you just I gave tried. me there. I trust <laughs> me. I tried. Okay. So now on an artist or an illustrator, they want to go and so they submit to illustrators of the future. And at what point are they disqualified then that they can't submit to the contest? They have to be... Um, yeah. If you're making like a living as an illustrator, like yeah, you have a job and you've done like you know, a hundred magic cards or something like that. You're definitely making a living as an illustrator. Um, so it's it's designed to be for people that are trying to break into the industry. Maybe you've had a couple small jobs, but you're definitely not making a living as an illustrator. Um, sort of around there. Once you start to have more and more published pieces for published names, then you're no longer considered eligible. You know, eligible. Right. So, um, I mean, if you have a couple that you managed to, to get and you're just starting, that's great. So, um, but... Um, but definitely you should be like, you know, very much 
trying to break into the career and without yeah, for any novice. Yeah. It's for novices. So good. And then on just one thing to touch on too, because I think it's important. Sometimes a beginning artist is so desperate to sell something, they'll do an amazing thing. Okay, give me whatever, you know, give me 25 bucks. Give me, oh, yes, you know, take me out to dinner. <sighs> yes. Do you, any, do you have any opinions on that? It's hard for artists to learn that their their work is valuable. Your work is worth, you know, is worth your time and it's worth something. It, it, it is good. And, and yeah, don't do work for free. I, we always, I do a whole section on this, on the, um, in the workshop because it, First of all, it devalues the other artists that are working really hard. They're like, oh, I can go to this person and get it for free. I mean, you know, it is a job. It's a career. You spend a long time working and perfecting. And so uh, definitely know that your art has value, you know. How do you, how do you establish value? Is there a book or is there any type of standard or anything like that? that- for setting pricing? I, yeah. I guide them. I uh, I always recommend the Graphic Artists Guild for pricing and ethical guidelines as just a good base because it, it, it you can flip through it and it shows you um, – they do surveys every year to find out what illustrators are, and graphic designers are being paid for each industry. And then it kind of explains all the industries and all the licensing terms and everything. And it gives you an idea of where you should – what you should be getting paid, even if you're not. You can always – you know, if you're still new, you, you but you, you know you can at least say, hey, I make my prices based on – this book and you can start there and then um you know and we do we have a whole uh um section i talk about um about pricing for you know and licensing and and all of that and how to how to balance out your jobs because not all the jobs are going to pay the same and because it depends on the budgets i mean a job for a big company is not going to pay the same as for a indie press publisher but they both exciting to work on as an artist. You're like, oh, I really want to do this really small, but awesome book cover. But I really want to do this really big job for, you know, Disney or, or you know, a camel or a big company or something like that. So, but their budgets are going to be vastly different. So you have to learn how to kind of balance that. So we talk about that. Good. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely a good thing being able to, um, to win the contest. There's lots of Amazing stuff. And even just practicing and getting things in once a quarter, you're still a better artist each time you do that. So you yeah. still win. Yeah. And I do really recommend that you get a copy of, of the recent anthologies and just see what types of artists are winning. It really is across the boards. It's, yeah. There's not a standard that they're all Disney princesses. You know, they're, they're all different styles. This is what I, I'm going for when I send them off to the judges. I don't know what's going to get through. I send them eight and only three get through. So I, I don't know what they're going to pick, but I'll, you know, but I try to send them a range of just really cool, interesting styles. And they complain that it's too hard to pick. <laughs> and they're like, but they're all really cool. I don't know which one to pick. So, um, you know, but I, I like the book looking diverse because it totally you know, they does. go in complete, you know, it's, it's got quite a range, but it looks awesome. It totally does. Well, hopefully if you've been listening to this, you got a little more understanding and clarity of what we're looking for with the illustrators of the future and what you need to do to be able to submit and to know if you're on track or not for on submitting. But if you're not winning, the solution isn't to stop. The solution is to keep on submitting, keep on practicing. Talk to other artists. Don't talk to 
haters and random people online who you can't see. Go to like, you know, bring your stuff to a comic show and talk to artists. And if one artist is for some reason a jerk because they didn't eat their lunch and they're hungry or hangry or whatever, go to another artist, you know, find some nice people to give you support. And don't listen, don't need to listen to people that are negative. Yeah. And be sure to enter the illustrators of the future contest. Every quarter. Every quarter. There we go. All right. So thank you very much, Echo, for Thanks. this. Always. Yes. And thank you for listening. Subscribe to the Writers of the Future podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We've also been syndicated on the United Public Radio Network where you can find these podcasts as well. Writers of the Future series can be purchased wherever books are sold in the U.S., Canada, the U.K., Australia, and South Africa, and available everywhere via Amazon.com. We are especially appreciative of our sponsor, Carnation, for supporting this podcast. Carnation has been making delicious milk products for over a century and is still going strong. Writers and illustrators of the future are contests created by Elwin Hubbard to provide a means for the aspiring writer and artist to be seen and acknowledged. It is free to enter and open to amateur short story writers and artists of science fiction or fantasy. Again, thank you very much, Echo. Thank you.